Welcome to the Byesville Assembly of God podcast. We are a church of connection with God, with people, and our community. Join us each week for powerful messages from God's Word presented by our lead pastor, Dustin Dyke. And now, this week's message. All right. One New Year's Day in the Rose Bowl Parade, there was a beautiful float that suddenly sputtered and quit. This float was out of gas, and the whole parade was held up because of this one float until someone could get a can of gas because it had died because they didn't fill it up with gas. And that had to be pretty difficult in the middle of this parade, but the most amusing thing of all was guess which company this float represented? Represented the, the, yes, the Standard Oil Company. With its vast oil resources, its truck was out of gas, and I just find that so comical. How ironic it is that Christians have vast power resources from God himself, and we often don't tap into the power necessary to do God's work. And even though we Christians have access to God, we need to be willing to ask for power or we will run out of power as well. We've entitled our series, Church Arise, and as a recap, the first week we talked about how Jesus is coming soon, so we should lay down our sin and accept Christ into our hearts. The second week we talked about Joshua and how he was available to God for all that God would want to do in him. And then last week we talked about Queen Esther and how when you make yourself available to God, it's not always easy, but it's always rewarding. God gave Esther the power and the courage to save her entire people group, and she risked her life in the process. It's not always easy, but God gives you what you need, and it's always rewarding. Today, we're going to take a step further. Okay, let's say you've begun a relationship with Jesus Christ. You've laid down your sin at the cross. You've made yourself available to God for all that God would want to do in and through you, and uh, now what's next? Okay, where are you drawing your source of power from for what's next for what God has called you to do? What is the empowering, driving force behind what you're going to do for God? Well, what are some examples of where you can draw power from in today's day and age? Let's just look at that. Well, some people draw power from their own strength. Okay, although not a lasting resource, uh, this is what some people turn to, and they find that when they draw power from themselves, then they get the credit for it. When they draw power from themselves, they get the credit for it, and then before long, you're tired of exuding all your strength and, and into something, and then you're soon depleted. Have you ever found that you just get depleted after trying to do everything on your own strength? As Christians, we have power available to us given by Jesus, and that is the power of the Holy Spirit. We believe that as we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, we're given power to witness and do all sorts of amazing things and miracles from God. Jesus tells us that. At the end of our message today, again, I mentioned we're going to be doing water baptism, and uh, we're going to close with having other people that want to be baptized as well. Uh, We believe that that's a remarkable step in your relationship with Jesus. First, accepting Christ into your heart. Then water baptism. Then we also believe in spirit baptism, being baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's what we're going to talk about this morning as a part of our message. But before that, we're going to talk about David in 1 Samuel 16. 1 Samuel 16, if you could turn there. We're going to be reading out of the ESV, the English Standard Version. Uh, You're welcome to follow along with us today in the YouVersion Bible app. You can click on the More tab and then click on Events. 
You can search our church's name and you'll find all the notes and all the scriptures that we're going to be going through today. Before we do that, I want to give a little recap and guidance about how we navigate the Bible. We do have newcomers come uh, to our church often, and so we want to make sure that everybody feels comfortable with uh, looking at and referencing the Bible. Okay, For some of our seasoned saints, you might be wondering, why are we going through this? Why would we do this? Hold tight for just a moment because we have many people from many different backgrounds here at Church Day. We want to make sure everyone's welcome. So if we could go to that slide, perfect. This is where we're at. So as we look at the Bible, this is actually page 282 out of the Pew Bibles right in front of you. Okay, so as we look, we talk about book, chapter, and verse. I said Samuel 16, 1 Samuel 16, verse 13. 1 Samuel is the book of the Bible. You're going to find that right up here in the corner. And then the chapter is the bigger number right here. And that's actually where you'll find it on your Bibles. And then, of course, verse 13, you're going to look for the smaller numbers. You see this bigger number that's always a chapter number. All the smaller numbers in here are the verse numbers. When I say 1 Samuel 16, 13, the first number is the chapter. The second number is the verse. Okay, so once again, book up here, chapter here, verses here. And I think that we're all on the same page. All right. So here we go. We're talking about David, and David is anointed to be king. And this is a really amazing moment. Uh, Samuel comes, and he goes through all of the other brothers of David, and none of the brothers are the king that Samuel has come for. And so we finally get to David. David's the king. David's the one that they're going to choose. Um, so here we pick it up in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 13. It says, Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed David in the midst of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward, and Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Point number one, David filled with the Spirit. Okay, the biggest thing I want us to see here is that the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. It was not just a moment in which the Spirit came and left. It was here that David was filled with the Spirit, and it says that the Spirit was with him from that day forward. Now, in the Old Testament of the Bible, the Holy Spirit only came upon specific people at a specific time for a specific purpose. Okay, the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament came upon people at came upon specific people at a specific time for a specific purpose. And this is how God did it until he sent the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts chapter 2 where we see the believers baptized in the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. So David was one of the specifically people that God had filled with his spirit in the Old Testament because guess what? He was going to need it. Because what we read next is a miracle that only God could come up with. In the very next chapter, we read about the story of David and Goliath. Our seasoned saints know what I'm talking about. Some of our newcomers, this is new to you. Let's recap this. David and Goliath, there was a mean Philistine man named Goliath. He was a giant that challenged the men of Israel to fight against him. And he said if they won, the Philistines would serve them. But then if not, the Israelites would have to serve the Philistines. Many of these men were too scared, but David went forward. And here's why I think that he was able to do so. He was filled with the Spirit. The Spirit rushed upon him from that day forward, as we just saw in this last chapter, because we believe that God knew what he was going to come up against and knew that he needed the courage and the strength to carry on and take on whatever it is that he was going to see. So David picked up five smooth stones from a stream nearby. He put them into his bag. All he had was those five stones, a shepherd's staff, and a sling. 
With his limited gear, he started walking toward Goliath. And when Goliath saw little David, he started making fun of him. He started making jokes about David, how small he was. Oh, you sent this little guy to me, this teenager, whatever. And that's literally what he said, this young teenager. And uh, I could go into that. Of course, I believe that when God calls you, he calls you. It doesn't matter the age, whether young or old, God uses whoever he calls. So he starts making jokes. He finished with his rude remarks, and then it was David's turn. (laughs) Because David was filled with the Holy Spirit. Standing before a giant who was nine feet, nine inches tall, armed with 125 pounds of gear and a spear and a javelin, David looked up at this giant and said what we find right here, 1 Samuel 17, 45 through 47. It says, David replied to the Philistine, you come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. David, check this out, as a teenager, went before a Philistine fighter and he won. And I know it has to be because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. When we have the Spirit of God upon us, we can do things that we in our regular self cannot do. We can have confidence. We can have boldness. We can have courage. We can have strength. The list goes on and on and on for what God will do with us as we're baptized in the Spirit. All these things we can use to glorify God and do what He's called us to do. Being baptized in the Holy Spirit isn't something that uh, people look at you and think that you're like some great, awesome person because you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Well, we sure don't look at it that way because people who are truly baptized in the Holy Spirit are doing things in the strength that God gives them to bring glory ultimately to God and God alone. And any, any uh, accolades that somebody might give to somebody who's baptized in the Holy Spirit, that person that's baptized in the Spirit would say, okay, uh, I appreciate your kind words, but God is the one who's doing it. The Holy Spirit is inside of me. Now, I've heard people, you know, when someone says, oh, I'm so grateful, thank you so much for doing this for me or that for me, and some people say, oh, this stop right there. It's not me, it's God. And I just think that, you know, when you talk like that, it makes it a little funny. Just say, thank you. And then when you go off on your own way, say, God, that was from you. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to do that. Uh, You don't have to make it all all weird, okay? Don't, you just, uh, you know, you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Say, thank you, move on, give praise to God, and, and that's what it is. In our church, one of our core doctrines is baptism in the Holy Spirit. We believe that the, if the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, as we see in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Number two, we have power to witness. Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit would come, not just in Acts. It's not just an Acts chapter 1 and 2 type situation. We see this prophesied about in the Old Testament. The book of Joel in the Old Testament says, your young men will dream dreams, your old men will see visions, your uh, everybody, you know, all this stuff, and not just in Joel, but all throughout the Old Testament. It was prophesied, and then Jesus talked about it, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Jesus promised this. 
And he also promised it throughout his ministry, not just in Acts 1-8, but also as we look into the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus says that when the Holy Spirit comes, you'll be witnesses. You'll be given power to witness and tell other people about Jesus. And I think this is amazing because I, I need that. I really need that. Sometimes I just don't know what exactly to say when I'm witnessing to somebody. And even though in Bible college I had much training on this and we did evangelism things where we went out, we went to the mall, we witnessed to people, we went downtown Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and we went out on the streets and all that kind of stuff. But all the training in the world and all the education in the world will never prepare you for that one moment that you come upon so-and-so as you're shopping at wherever land out in the community. And that person needs a word from God that only God can give to you. And you're going to give that word to somebody. And God can use you for so many different things. And He gives you power to witness. Power to witness. Jesus promises that the Holy Spirit is going to come. That brings us to Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Number three, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Here it is. This is the moment. The giving of the Holy Spirit to the church had finally come. Some translations say that they were all together in one accord. And I kind of like that translation a little bit better here because it speaks of what happens when God's people come together. When we come together as believers and we pray, watch out, devil, because we've got a praying army right here at church uh, you know, just as an example, on Sunday mornings down in the fellowship hall, we got people praying and interceding for not just the needs in that group and in that room, but we've got people interceding in that room for all of the needs of every person sitting in this room today. We have believers interceding not just for the needs of people in this very room, we have believers interceding for all of Byesville and all of Guernsey County and Ohio and the United States and the world. We have people that are praying, and I know that even if you don't come to our prayer on Sunday mornings, that there's many people that are in this room that are at their homes, and they are praying. They are praying that God would do something. I believe this is how we come together in one, of, in one accord. In one accord. I'm telling you, if, if you have the opportunity, please come and join us for our prayer on Sundays at 9 a.m. It is amazing. As we do this, we have just you know, gathered around folks that come to prayer and need it and everything. And it's just, it's the family of God. It's a beautiful thing. We invite you to come out to that. As a group of believers in Acts 2, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit and began speaking in tongues. Every instance that we see someone baptized in the Holy Spirit in the Bible, it is always followed by speaking in other tongues. You can look in Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 10, and other places that this is the case. As we just read in the book of Acts, Luke talks about how the believers were together in the upper room. They were together in the upper room, and they were seeking Jesus and they began to speak in tongues when the Holy Spirit fell upon them. They weren't being weird. They weren't doing weird stuff. And they weren't asking God, hey, make me speak in tongues, please, because I need to do this because that's what I'm supposed to do. That's not what they were doing. They had no idea what speaking in tongues was, so how could they do it? All they knew was what Jesus said, that they would be baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's what they knew. That's all they were going based off of. 
these believers knew Jesus said, wait until the something comes. <laughs> they, he said, wait and, and you will be filled. All they knew is what Jesus said. What did that mean? They didn't know. But when we do seek Jesus and we do speak in tongues, we believe that this is the passageway, so to speak, into opening yourself up into whatever the Holy Spirit would want to do in and through you. It's called baptism in the Holy Spirit. And it isn't some weird thing where if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit that you get a special extra few rewards in heaven, okay? That's not the idea here. We believe it's a gift that God freely gives. As in Assemblies of God Fellowship, we do not believe that speaking in tongues or baptism in the Holy Spirit is a requirement for going to heaven. Meaning this, if you aren't filled with the baptism in the Holy Spirit and you don't speak in tongues, but you have accepted Christ into your heart, rest assured you're saved, and there's not a special place in heaven for those who are, you're fine. We're spiritually saved. We simply believe this. It is an opportunity for you to know God better and for God to use you in ongoing ways in his kingdom. Just as the parade float at the beginning of this message that I talked about, he pulled up and ran out of gas. Standard Oil Company had so much oil available to them, they had access to all sorts of opportunities to gas their vehicle up, but they didn't tap into it. They ran out of gas. In the same way, Christians have access to God, but some choose not to tap into God and receive the blessings that God has for them. And I'm not preaching some sort of prosperity gospel. It's not as if God's going to fill you with power and then everything's just going to be super easy from here on out and you're just going to get a $500,000 check in the mail. That's not what I'm preaching. That's not what I'm preaching. What I am saying is that when you ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit, you'll be given power from on high power from on high to be a witness for Christ. Open yourself up to all that God wants to do in and through you. I believe God is saying, church, arise. It's time to be all that God has called us to be. And as many of you know, a while back, we began a journey called the Acts 2 journey as a church. I called on some people in our church to become a part of what we called a vision team, where we headed to Canton for a retreat weekend, in fact, four retreat weekends over the course of about a nine-month period, where we sought God about the direction for our church. I believe that through that opportunity, God has given us clear direction on where to go. God implanted into our spirits a vision and a mission as to where He's calling us to go based on prayer, seeking wisdom from God, and discussing what our church is all about. This upcoming September, we're going to do a launch, so to speak, for this new vision and mission. Now, this new vision and mission is similar to the one that we had before, but moving forward, the vision and mission will be clear to all of us. It'll be a part of who we are. In fact, a lot of this vision and mission is already a part of who we are. It's clearly looking into what our church is doing and how we function as a church and saying, okay, you know what? We're a place of, yeah, we, we connect with people. And so that's a part of the vision and mission. Lots of different things uh, that we're going to be talking about in that section. But I wanted to let you know the new vision and mission are centralized around the theme of connection because we believe connecting with God and connecting with those around us is so important as we walk with God. So when we come to that point in September, and I'll give you, you know, a few weeks in advance when I do this, but I'll be preaching on the topics of our core values. And this helps us, I believe, will help us to align us with the direction that God has for us. But again, it's centered around connection, around our church, that we want to be people that go out into the world and make disciples, as we see in the Great Commission. We see that in Matthew 28, 19. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This is a huge part of who we are as a church. But I'd like to see it be even more widespread. As we take this commission right here from Jesus himself, 
and bring it in to the world around us because I believe that no matter how far we've come in life, every one of us can grow and become more like Christ and grow more into who He's calling us to be. So that's coming up around the middle of September. We'll be continuing to remind you when it's coming up, but if we're going to tell others about Jesus, I believe that one of the biggest things we can seek is baptism in the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus gave His disciples some instructions on how to be baptized in the Holy Spirit in Luke chapter 24, verse 49. Jesus said, And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Point number four is stay in the city. Oh, wow. Jesus said, stay in the city till you're clothed with power from on high. Stay there. They were not just supposed to go pray for a minute or two each day. God, you're going to fill me? Okay, okay, no problem. Okay. It's almost like, you know, being scared. That's, that's not what they were supposed to do. No, I'm not just going to pray for a second or two before, and it's not just when I pray for my meal. Lord, bless this food to my body. And fill me with your spirit, amen, and then run off. Okay, we got to spend time in his presence. We have to spend time in his presence, and that's how we're going to be filled. They were supposed to go and pray and intercede and seek Jesus, and he's talking to his disciples. He said, stay there in the city till you're clothed with power. They didn't know the Holy Spirit was going to come. All they said was that he would send someone, and that someone was the Holy Spirit. They didn't know that they would be speaking in tongues, but the Holy Spirit came, and surely they spoke in tongues. But don't focus on the tongues. Focus on Jesus. You'll be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You'll be given power to go out and be disciple makers in the world around us. But also often, we sell ourselves short, I believe this, by leaving God's presence too soon. I believe that we often leave God's presence too soon, and it's no wonder that we're not filled with the Holy Spirit because we leave His presence because we've got to watch the news or we've got to go to this thing or to that thing and we're not spending the time with God that we need to. I'm not saying this is everybody, but maybe that speaks to somebody today. And this is just a great challenge to you to spend time in His presence. Spend time in His presence. I encourage you to do that today. We often sell ourselves short, but today we're going to take some time and worship and seek Jesus and seek to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. But again, after we do this, we're going to do a water baptism service as well. Kendra, could you come forward and assist on the piano as well? Uh, deacons and spouses, if you can come forward too. This isn't a weird thing, okay? Too many people make it out to be weird. And uh, if you've made it out to be weird or you've heard it weird, you've probably maybe seen it done wrong. Um, baptism in the Holy Spirit, spending time in God's presence, seeking Jesus. We believe that God does that. We, God is the giver of this gift. God is the giver of this gift. We believe in Jesus as the giver of all gifts, and specifically this gift as well. Could I have everyone stand as we close our service today? If you don't have relationship with Jesus and you feel as though you're not serving God, we believe that this is the first step in this process is a relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. 1 John 1, 9 says that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And some might say, well, Pastor, you really don't know what I've done wrong because I've done this and that and the other thing, and that's like a joke that you're telling me that God could actually save me. Sure, there's no way. There's no way. It's funny that you mention that because John three sixteen says... 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. If you think you're too bad or you're too far off, you're condemning yourself. If you think you're too far off the beaten path, you're condemning yourself. And this verse clearly says that Jesus does not come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. So don't let that be a hindrance for you today. God's love and His forgiveness goes far beyond what you could ever even imagine. Jesus actually came for you. And he actually came to save you. So if you're not living in relationship with Jesus today, or you need to make a commitment to Jesus for a recommitment or a first time, whatever that looks like, I'd like you to come forward in prayer as we spend time a few moments in worship. And we'll guide you through a prayer of what it looks like to ask Jesus to come into your heart. This is a prayer of confessing your sins, confessing faith in Jesus Christ. If you're done living that life separated from God, now is the time. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. And additionally, if you'd like to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and you just haven't sought that before, you haven't prayed about that before, come forward. Don't be like that parade vehicle that ran out of power, that ran out of gas. Okay? You have a resource for your life. It's not just to check off a box. It's to say, Jesus, I want to be used by you in a great way. You have a resource. His name is Jesus. Tap into that power today if you're willing and you want to open up yourself to all that God has for you. Let's take these next few moments and pray and worship. And if you already are in relationship with Jesus, you're already baptized in the Holy Spirit, and you might have another need that's really consuming you today, please come forward. We want to pray for you. Don't let the altar call that I've mentioned hinder you from coming forward today to pray and seek God. Kendra, would you lead us in worship? God, we thank you that you give us strength in times where we feel depleted. God, give us what we need as we spend time in your presence. God, fill us with your spirit so we don't have to go on alone. Fill us with your spirit. Meet every single one of us at our needs today. God, the needs in this room are so great. But you are an even greater God. Our confidence is in Christ. Our confidence is in Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you for listening this week. If this program has been a blessing to you, we hope you will reach out and connect with us online at our website at buysvilleag.org or connect with us on our social media platforms. On Facebook, it's Buysville Assembly of God or on Instagram, it's at Buysville AG. Have a wonderful week.